Luke Campbell, and I work for a small wine company. He's Luke Morris, and he works for a big wine company. And together, we are Two Luke's Wine. We'll talk about all things wine and booze and popular culture. Think when to drink, why we drink it, and the culture that surrounds drinking. Hello, Luke. Uh, is that what you meant by that? Yes. I didn't know that's what you meant. You, you have an actual script. I didn't know that was scripted. I, last time you did that, I thought it was all off the top of your head. There you go. Wow. Don't worry. I'm doing, I'm doing a little bit of prep in the background as well. I'm not just dribbling crap. I am just dribbling crap, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just making some notes while I've had half a bottle of uh, sparkling, which I... Long hop spark. What, what do you know of the Adelaide Plains, Luke Campbell? Well, the, the Adelaide Plains is that long stretch of flatness between Adelaide and the Barossa. <laughs> it's hot and it's dry, Luke. I wouldn't say it's uh, traditional sparkling land. <laughs> I did a little bit of uh, research on it because I'm drinking a sparkling from there uh, pretty much as we speak. And um, yes. Primo Estate hail from Adelaide Plains, apparently. There you go. I thought uh, they were at McLarenvale based. I sort of well, that now that you say that, that does make more sense to me. But in the um, the the wee little book I had to look at uh, about wine regions, because I thought Adelaide Plains, what's what's where's Adelaide Plains? And it was um, uh, listed as within the Mount Lofty Ranges, and then it just said Adelaide Plains. See other. <laughs> <laughs> And then I, Excellent. I changed the pages across to O to look up other. And it just said, LA Plains, bulk wine, except for Primo Estate. There you go. That was it. <laughs> it sounds like the unsung hero of Australian wine, really. Oh, yes, it is. Well, if you ever drive from Adelaide to the Barossa, which a lot of us have done, I'm sure the listeners have done, there is uh, not a lot there in the Adelaide Plains, I must admit. Sounds like a lot uh, of vineyards yeah. there. Usually hot and dry. Well, there is a lot of vineyards there, yep, um, but not a great deal else. <laughs> um, so what's been happening in your wine world this week, Luke Campbell? Oh, I was amazed this week, actually, and I'm not um, – the older I get, the, least, uh, the less amazed I get, actually, but this week, uh, for the first time ever, I, I was – my one eyebrow was raised <laughs> – at Coca-Cola entering the alcohol market uh, in Australia, which is a definite first for them. Is it? Haven't they uh, been tied in with uh, Foster's, Amatel taking over South Corp in the past? Well, but they've always traditionally stuck to the realm of non-alcoholics. But uh, this week they've launched, <laughs> would you believe it, none other than a hard seltzer range and... Uh, if that's not one of the biggest growing categories in the drinking sphere, I don't know what is. But yeah, it was a big it was a big step for them. And I thought, look how is this the changing face of our industry? And Australian consumers can now buy not only can they buy canned seltzer, but they can buy canned seltzer from the biggest producer of soft drink in is the it, world. I thought that was a pretty seismic shift. Is it called? Coke salsa or what? The, what salsa being uh, salsa just sounds like West Coast cooler to me. Salsa. Well, just that's, being that's a, a, exactly what <laughs> you, you and I grew up in that generation. We're showing our age now, Lukey, but that is exactly effectively what it is. I would but like to uh, point out that I take the uh, Bill Clinton defence on that. That I uh, only <laughs> ever 
uh, was in the room reference, I never inhaled. <laughs> it is. Um, Ultra sowing our generation on that little reference there. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> what did they call it? You know, I, I don't know what they. Yes, they call it Topo Chico. T-O-P-O-C-H-I-C-O. And there's tropical mango, tango, lemon, lime, and cherry, and cherry. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I I don't know what's going on there. I mean, there's a lot of seltzers, obviously, in, in the world, and they're, you know, lower in alcohol, lower in carbs, lower in sugar. I understand all that. But really, do we need one from Coke? I don't know if we do. Oh. Well, Coke do. They obviously need, you know, another sales arm. They've got enough kids well, I, on the caffeine or cocaine, whatever you want to describe as being the major ingredient to their uh, black beverage product. Mm. But now they've got alcohol as another little... They've just missed the boat in nicotine. I yes. wouldn't be surprised if Coke, if Coke bring out uh, Coke uh, grass. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that just raised the ire. I was like, I didn't know if um, Coca-Cola needed to do that. But other than that... Luke, they don't really? need to, mate. I don't think they're short of a buck. It's not like Nan and Pa trying to flip their bookshop into a porno magazine store because they just need to keep the literature industry alive in some way. Coke, Coke is doing fine. I think they're just yeah. looking for the money. I don't think it's got anything to do with needs. It's wants. Yes, no. Well, true words have never been spoken. I, I think you're Thanks, right. I just couldn't. I just couldn't see. Uh, I was shocked, as I said, one eyebrow was raised there, not two, but one, and I said, oh, okay. Hi, this is Luke Morris from Luke's Talk Wine. I've written some books, so visit lukemorrisha.com.au. Go there, see the books, buy one, support the podcast. That's lukemorrisha.com.au, L-U-K-E-M-O-R-R-I-S-H-A.com.au. Have a great day. Other than that, um, across my desk, I think with the change of seasons, you know, I've started to pull out some 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 fresher whites out of the cellar, and even looking at you know at a, a few textural skin contact things of you know not quite not quite natural wines or amber. Looking, we, we can delve into those Ooh. standards later on. But uh, no, I'd love I, to I know what those things are. The, the industry's all for us. Look out, here to stay. <laughs> to say, considering they've been doing it since Roman times, so some people will have us believe it's a, the newest fad, but no, it's been here a while. But yeah, te- textural whites, I've been looking for something more in just my straight-up malolactic fermentated Chardonnay recently. I've been looking for something more kind of richer with an array of you know different aromas that I'm used to. Get out to uh, Gippsland, mate. Get out to the tip on Gippsland in uh, Victoria. And uh, go to Nicholson River and grab yourself a bottle of uh, barrel fermented skin contacted Riesling. And mm. that is an eye opener. And also good wine. Like it's not what hey, you'd expect, but it's good. Well, it's funny you should say that. Out of Gippsland, how many good producers are coming out of Gippsland at the moment between fleet wines? Dr. Folk, oh, I, I could rattle off a few, actually. Um, and Sounds like you're not going that, to. You've just stopped. <laughs> that, no, well, <laughs> you, you think of, you know, all the all the young guns of recent times or whatever, a lot of them are coming out of Gippsland 
whether it be, you know, Philip Afar at the, at the upper end or whether it be Dirty Three, you know, like, uh, and you've just given me Nicholson River as well, Lucinda Estate. There's a stack of these kind of great producers coming out of um, Gippsland right now, and, and they're doing everything, whether it be wines, food, or, or fresh produce. It's fantastic. Well, that's but, the thing. Um, I remember having a trip out to Gippsland many a year ago, and uh, it was a junket through work, and um, I don't know if I really bought much Gippsland wine afterwards. I had to try and talk people into it. Um, but the the thing I remember most was how lovely the area was and just it was green and lush, like, and they were like, oh, yeah, it's always like this. And I was thinking, this is actually great farming land. It makes good sense for it to have good fruit production. I don't know what the soils are like. I don't know all the, the Tewa influences. But... No. Um, it makes sense that it can it can grow the stuff that you're supposed to make it out of, wine wise. Yes, and well, it's, it's yeah, fairly I, untapped. I, oh, absolutely. I remember reading a, an article actually by Max Allen in the Pin Review. It was a while ago now. Like it was, I say, a while ago, earlier in the year. But he, he was heralding, yeah, like you know Justin Jenkins of Fleet Wines and Neil and Hawkins of the Wine Farm and. You know, a, a few of those guys who've been around a while, uh, but really starting to come to the front now, and you know, just take it to the people, so to speak. And he, he also mentioned exactly what you do—that it's largely untapped, and you know, the, the best part of Victoria, um, as far as production levels, it's, they've been producing since the '70s, and now they're really coming into the frame. And you know, it's it's got the potential to the west, but really, other than that, it's got no real direct competition climactically. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, even, you know, it could be Bass Phillips in its heyday, it could be Neil Prentice at Mandara. There's, there's a stack of great producers down there producing some stonking wines. I'm, I'm just going to segue completely out into another topic yeah. because something we've got to talk about is uh, music. We, we, oh, yeah. We've, I think we've... I didn't realise you had that little intro as a, as a written-down intro, so we'll, we'll have to look into that as, as that's our intro. But we need an intro theme tune or something like that. When In, in that discussion, what is music to wine or wine to music? Because I know from experience in, in wineries, there's some theory about, you know, having some fun, uplifting music keeps the, the ferment happy as well. Um Yep, I, I've, I've, you've probably seen that in other places before, have you? You just went yep straight away as though that's a common thing. I thought it was a weird thing where I was, but we thought it was a fun thing to do. Well, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I think it probably is a, bit of a, is a, a weird thing, but defining weird is, is an alternate normal, right? So weird is just something that we're not familiar with. So yeah, it, it is weird. And of course, in our wine experience, we haven't had a lot to do with music, but facts show that 15% more pleasure can be taken out of listening to music, simultaneously drinking wine. So it stands to reason if you put that into a ferment, which is a living, breathing thing, music will have a direct effect. Wineries and wine producers all over the world, you know, play music to the vines during graze on and, do uh, they? You know, then, then yes, they I do. It's get quite them, um, common. 
beatboxers out and just well not beatboxers, <laughs> not some dude walking up and down this the the vines going boop, <laughs> but uh, the big ghetto blasters that's the word I was thinking of a ghetto blaster <laughs> on someone's shoulders as they're walking around leaf plucking playing well, with Brahms I, I, or I, yeah I don't know if it's Brahms or Bach's Bradenburg Concerto number 5 to be honest but I know it is happening and I know it does happen it certainly happens I've heard it and seen it in Italy it must happen in other countries across Europe um, but yeah whether, whether it's Brahms or Johann Park, Luke, I, I don't know, but it, it does happen, that's for certain. And whether it's happening, uh, I know it happens in vineyards. I haven't heard too much of it happening in ferment, but you just said, you know, you, you've seen it in um, well, fermentation, we, but we the brain's it, influenced yeah. by its surroundings. Is why can't fruit be, right? So, Well, yeah, well, it's also, well, there's, there's, there would be more scientific theories within vibration, and, and certainly someone would who'd listen into this conversation would shake their head and say it's all nonsense. But part of it, I actually think, is within the, the, the psyche of the people working in the winery. We were having fun. We were having fun, yep. relaxed brains, making good wine, and that's what happened. Whether or not you'd say that any of the, the party tunes that were all blaring out were all um, uh, plunging away, whether or not we were plunging faster because we were keeping in time with the beat or whether or not the the wine was actually enjoying the tunes. Ah, oh, look, there's probably more to do with the plunging than the wine having some sort of enjoyment, but it existed. The thing with that, though, is, the cl- as we discussed briefly, there's a classic image of wine must be met with classical music. There must be Brahms or Beethoven or some sort of smooth jazz or some sort of... Um, music in that sense, and I've—I don't know. I don't—I don't see that as either a wall or some sort of thing that really makes a lot of sense. Oh, I mean, without, with, without doubt, like drinking wine is a thrilling journey of discovery in itself. So, <laughs> drinking wine overladen with some great tunes. It can only build on that journey, surely. What 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 it's music in, involving wanna, all of the senses? What music do you do you have any sort of wine and music matches like Campbell? Because I've run a couple. Really? Oh, geez, I could probably give you a couple of. Um, oh, let's hear yours first. Go. I probably have a couple. I, as I, a sommelier, I would have a couple. But geez, I'd love <laughs> to hear yours. Luke. As a sommelier, you have to have a few wine and music matches. That's that's part of Wouldn't the you? biz. Wouldn't you? Um, I think we – I did a tasting for um, – uh, I was going to name the, the – actually, it was in the UK. It was uh, HMV. I don't think they even exist anymore as a business. But wow, we did, okay, yeah. We did uh, – Wolf Mother had just been crowned within Australia, uh, within in, yep. the, in the world. They'd, they'd just started to break some waves, uh, again, dating myself. And yep. I paired that with – I think it was a Shiraz Cabernet – and I think there was a bit of Tempranillo in there. And um, I was saying, you know, this is a wine that's got a bit of oomph, a bit of funk about it. It's the three three grapes just going at it, having a bit of fun. Here's Wolf Mother, three musicians, guitar, bass player, drums, having a bit of oomph, having a bit of go about it. You know, taking something that's a bit traditional and adding a new slight spin to it. There's my food and wine matching. Uh, my, my wine and music matching. 
And they were like, I can see that. Because they were all into the music. They were like, really? oh, but yeah, I can see that connection. And the next one I did was a band that I don't think exists and they're not very popular in any strain. But the people I was, I was uh, talking to knew who Explosions in the Sky are. They're like a melodic um, band using traditional, what you might so, sort of say rock music are, but no um, vocals and, and a lot more slow-paced but with beats and ups and downs and very orchestral kind of rock music, I guess, in, in as, as a stretch to describe what it is. And I, yeah. I paired that with a, um, uh, I think it was Aged Rioja. I think, I can't remember quite which it was, but I think it was Rioja and I think it was a, a Grand Reserva. And I said, okay, so this is an aged wine and it was looking aged. And I said, what people are expecting from something that's got, you know, rates and everything is, is power and sort of in your face. But Explosion in the Sky, they don't have lyrics. Then It's not something that you have to – you get a bump over the head and just told exactly what it is. You have to sort of have some sense of the melody and some sense of the nuance that goes within making that music. Same sort of thing with Aged Wine. You have to see this sort of melody and the age and you see past any sort of upfront lyrics and into the real detail that comes through. And that's what you're looking at in this wine. And they're like, yeah, we, we see what you mean. Okay. Whether or not they were drunk enough to just agree with me or whether or not I made sense. But I, I, Being I, drunk I, enough has something to do with it. Is that, oh, thanks for your feedback. Okay. <laughs> 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 no, no. no. I, th- I think I, if you were, to, agree. if you, if you were to try and draw some other analogies, there might be things like uh, I, I want to be mean and say maybe uh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc and K-pop, like, but K-pop probably <laughs> has a bit more to it than New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Absolutely, I tend to agree. But <laughs> what, what about something like maybe uh, you go for something traditional, like maybe. Uh, Jazz and Pinot Noir—they're both kind of technical and intuitive and ever-changing, but that you'll never experience same sound or wine twice. Like, you know, whether it's Miles Davis or Burgundian Pinot Noir, or whether it's kind of Billy Holiday and Oregon Pinot Noir—they're never going to be the same twice. But they are technical wines. You have to be intuitive about it. But that could work. Or, or what about um? You know, you mentioned. You mentioned Cabernet before. I reckon Cabernet would probably have to go with country, wouldn't it? It'd have to be Cabernet, <laughs> Cabernet country. Really? That, that, you know, country music mate. goes with something. Yes, mate. It goes with Cabernet. You know, the, the wild berries and the kind of briary kind of notes of Cabernet. You know, just get it in there. Cabernet and country. Think kind of Willie Nelson and or you know Taylor Swift more Swift more currently. This, this could be Play the, the greatest country kind of music. Yes, absolutely, mate. You go from the often romantic through to the melancholy, boom. That's where Cabernet sits, mate. It stems from the folk expressions of the rural south. Get the Cabernet happening out there. It's country, man. Wow. I've, now I have to... Uh, I feel like trying some Taylor Swift and uh, an Opus One or something <laughs> just to see what this connection is between yes. Tay-Tay and O-O. <laughs> Tay Tay and Oh, we need that on a shirt, Luke. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> what is this Tay Tay and Oh? <laughs> but what about 
something like, um, you know, you and I, I know you and I are, we're not even closet lovers of Riesling. We are out and out lovers of Riesling. But Riesling with that kind of, you know, it's very versatile. It varies in style. But you could just pair it with kind of indie music, you know, grunge even. It just gets that kind of the Smiths and Nirvana vibe or Arcade Fire. No, see, see, no. I, I have what to would you pair reasoning with? Nah, yeah, what I'm, would you what What would you pair reasoning with? It's because my brain, I can see where you're coming from. I'm not saying you're wrong, but my brain just immediately started thinking of like minerals and and leanness and the acids and just the purity of it. And then I just thought some so, something like Kraftwerk, just some German Ooh. electro tech. Yes, yes, I'm picking up what you're of, putting down. Just you know, it's 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 very clean, crisp. Um, or industrial kind of music, yes, I'm electric, um, computer-based. Yeah, you're, kind not, of you're stuff. not talking about mum and dad's blue nun. You're talking about down and grippy and nervous energy green. Yeah. Really. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. It's specifically, yeah, very, very clary, very. You, you know, you're drinking it and you just feel like you're having a lot of stones thrown in your mouth, sort of stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, not Rolling Stones on the music themes. The Stones is in, you know, you're eating a... No, I was going to say eating a bunch of asphalt. This doesn't sound good, but... <laughs> well, know, by that rationale, if you've got some German electro going with Riesling, what would you put with Australian jazz, like classic rock or like... I was... Actually, when you were talking about grunge, I was thinking of Australian jazz because mm. does that... It's, it's not quite the same, but it, there, there's, there seems to be a so, uh, association because Suraj Shiraz, what Australians are doing or have done with Shiraz is sort of that, that upstart revolutionary where the new world kids um, stuffing around with your old world instruments. Mm. And in a sense, that's what grunge was, you know. The, well, the, it's, it's Australian Shiraz kind of straddles power and grace, not too dissimilar to the likes of grunge or, or or those those styles. You're right, actually. It's a good point you raise because it's it's a powerful style. It is. And it's got mass popularity. So was grunge. So was grunge. Well, see, that's weird, isn't it? Because grunge isn't supposed to be popular. No, well, yeah, that was the antithesis. But it's kind of ironic, really, yeah? Well, I was raising this question all because of uh, some theme yes. tune for the show. And yes. do we have some... I'm, I'm, I'm slightly tempted. Do we, do, we, do we want to go to some sort of electro craftwork kind, kind of thing because we both like Riesling? Because I, I want to stick away from the classical jazz thing because that's, you know, it's so typical... But yet, I don't think we really have a typical take on wine anyway, do we? No. No, we definitely don't have a typical take on wine. Um, we both drink diversely. We both talk diversely. So, no, I I, I could come at that. If you um, had a certain electro sign in mind, I'd be happy to uh, support that take up. Absolutely. We'll do some tests. We'll, we'll do, it's yes. a work in progress. This is episode but, two. I'll still edit this up like with episode one and uh, yep. put it up retrospectively once we've got uh, a little intro. 
organised. Um, one, Good thing, idea. one thing we've got to organise is uh, a couple of ads. I have uh, some books I'd like to sell. So in between the bits where I just edit between the gaps in um, uh, topics, I'll drop in yep. an, an ad for my book, and I can I can I can make that off the side. What what what's what are you going to advertise, Mr. Luke Campbell? What do you what do you produce and do? Well, it's it's a really great question you raise. It is because it's basically the only way you're going to make money. It's a great question. <laughs> well, I think at the crux of it, effectively, vinified, where you think of vinified as the seller specialist, we are your wine concierge, effectively. We can source your wines. We can present simple tastings. We can grant you access to some great winemakers and wineries. We do a host of events, a lot of masterclasses throughout the year, and we also run our famous advanced wine course. Vinified is your wine concierge, and you can find these events at www.vinified.com.au and we would welcome you to the fold. Wow, I, I think I could almost just cut that straight out of the uh, the audio recording there and use that. Have, have, is that a pre-recorded script Is that is, or is that all of the <laughs> no, cuts? That's just, that's just what we do. <laughs> You're so passionate and you know exactly what you do in a beautiful bite-sized little recording. Perfect. Do with that what you will, Luke. Oh well, uh, yeah, look, I, we'll do something with that. Maybe I'll um, I'll put some country music underneath, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what it sounds like. Um, it is about time to wrap up. I should ask. Uh, we'll, f- we'll finish off. I'm I'm having a, a, a sparkling from um, uh, the the LA plains because where else do you get sparkling from? But a great big patch of empty land with a few sticks in the ground between Adelaide and the Brossa. Um, what are you drinking or uh, selling or promoting at the moment, Mr. Luke Campbell? Uh, what, what I'm drinking actually is the 2019 Little Francis Chenin Blanc, actually. It's not quite um, skin contact or orange. It's just WA Chenin Blanc, a kind of little zesty number um, that is, yeah, just all kind of thick and... It is, yeah, just just delicious work from the the guys at Little Francis, like just zesty and just yummy. You know, lemon pithy kind of grapefruit, orange grapefruit, zesty, little to no oak, but um, yeah, not skinsy or anything like that. Just lovely and textural, you know. Sounds like fun. Mm. Where do you? Yeah, but just, are you selling that through your site? Would you believe it? It's not on the side because there isn't any left. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but so we're not. Uh, but I'll, I'll make sure that I've got uh, stuff on the site for next week, Luke. Absolutely, we'll make oh, look, uh, at, at some point, we'll we'll get ahead. We'll, we'll organise this uh, podcast well enough so that everything's sort of in tune. But you know, from little things, uh, great wine regions grow. Just. Like the other Absolutely. section of a uh, book, uh, there are <laughs> there's nuggets to be found. Uh, I'm gonna mosey off. Um, yep. I assume you've got things to mosey into too, and uh, I'll catch you 
next week. Excellent. See you later, Luke. Cheers, mate. Vinified is your wine concierge. We can present simple tastings. We can grant you access to some great winemakers and wineries. We do a host of events, a lot of masterclasses throughout the year. And we also run our famous advanced wine course. And you can find these events at www.vinified.com.au. And we would welcome you to the fold.